Hey family, welcome to the Kinship Collective Podcast. I'm Mark and we are ending otherness together. This is a conversation that cultivates kinship through storytelling, scripture, and inspires service. The way we can love our neighbors. This is Kinship Night Week. This Saturday, we will be hanging out in the Arts District, having a conversation with propaganda, with music by Asan. We want to talk about identity and change and evolution and integrity. And we can't have that conversation without you being a part of it, <laughs> your perspective shaping how we see that. We will have drinks and refreshments, charcuterie. There's plenty of street parking there. We have security there to kind of keep an eye on everything. We would love you to join us. Your donation of any amount gets you in the door. The registration link is in the show notes. We would love to see you there if you have a friend that is an artist, you have a friend who has faced the, the trials and the kind of grit of transformation where people may not have understood and what does it look like to establish integrity in the face of so much resistance. Your, their voice, that friend's voice is uh, pricelessly valuable to the conversation because many of us have had that experience and we want to share the conversation and we want to guide that conversation with our brother propaganda that's this saturday join us if you can this week's episode will be a reimagined episode i want to think about necessary endings last week we had a conversation with justin McRoberts and his book, Sacred Strides, released last week. It is a phenomenal read. It's a quick read. You won't want to put it down. His storytelling, his vulnerability is beautiful. And these ideas that we could root our identities in something that wouldn't change, that would allow us to see work and rest as integrated is beautiful. Near the end of the book, he tells the story about how he found himself in a place of depression, much like the depression that caused his father to take his own life. Justin is sharing how he started this beautiful community of people who were misfits, not interested in the other spaces around them, institutional spaces of faith around them. And so they started this space in the back of like a, a juicery, kind of like a smoothie bar where they would remind each other of what is most true. And that space kind of grew and grew. There was so much joy there. There was so much energy there. And Justin poured himself into it. So much so that he'll describe that his identity becomes wrapped up in this thing. And when this thing called the shelter, the space for people is going well, then he feels like things are going well for him. And he shares about when things with the shelter aren't going well, then he feels like things aren't going well for him. And he describes the devastation that he felt during the last gathering at the shelter. The amount of grief and loss and shame and disappointment 
that he felt. And for me, it, it just rung true. Justin goes on to talk about how everything isn't meant to last forever. He talks about being in India and this sand artist made this art and, and Justin kind of rubbed up against it and kind of uh, damaged it. And the artist smiled and came back and pinch by pinch started putting his sand sculpture back together. He smiled. He said, the point of it is not for it to last forever. There's so much beauty in the creating. There's so much life and love flowing out of me in just the creation of it. And those who do get to experience it. And it really like gave me hope. It gave me hope to think about. Man, not everything is meant forever. And I don't think that there was a job or a relationship that I walked into thinking that it would have to end one day. Thinking that it would be better if this thing ended. Thinking that there was joy in the creativity. There was abundance and love in just the process of creating together with another person. I think about the ways that we experience loss, the ways that our identities get wrapped up into other humans, into relationships, into marriages, into careers, into career pathways, into athletics, into sports, and the devastation that happens when we can't do the sport anymore, throw out our elbow, our shoulder, our knee, our ankle, can't throw out a knee or an ankle. <laughs> we face a career-ending injury. For those of us who have looked this person in the face, we never imagined having to live without this person. We built a life. We structured finances. We structured schedule. We structured community around this person. And one day, that relationship came to an end. The devastating grief and loss of that. The ways that we've invested so much into a career, so much into a company, we thought that it created so much stability for us and our family. And one day we get an email that says, that is no longer a part of our lives. There is so much grief and loss, confusion, despair. And Justin's ideas, the artist from India, remind us that there is life on the other side of that devastation. And to me, as I think about how I have integrated faith and all the ways that I have changed what I believe about God, one of the most important things that stays true is the idea 
of resurrection and that life can come from some of the most devastated places. That faith and hope and love can be cultivated in some of the most difficult times of our life. We become more true to ourselves. We understand more about ourselves. We understand more truly who God is and who we are in the midst of the most devastating times. These are ideas I, I can't let go of in the midst of all of the reconstruction and alignment and um, uh, congruence that I'm creating in my life. That idea of life coming from places where we've only seen death is still so important and so hopeful. It serves me. I think that's why it's a part of the story. I think it's why God's been so committed to resurrection along the way. I think that's why it moves us so much when we can look into our sister's face who has experienced the devastation of divorce and is now smiling and surfing and finding new dimensions of their life. Shout out to you, my sister. You know who you are. A proud supporter of the show and the movement. It's why it means so much to us when we see someone so devastated, finding so much hope. Because we, we think about scripture in this space, I think about the story of Martha when she's lost her brother. Because I think there's something in this story for us to teach us about how do we hold loss? What does it mean to think about resurrection? How does it serve us? How do we reckon with the truth of the most devastating places in our life? and still believe for resurrection and something new and creative power in that. I'm gonna read from John chapter 11 in the First Nations version. I'll start in verse 20. When head woman Martha heard that creator sets free, Jesus was coming. She went out to greet him, but healing tears, Mary stayed home. When she found creator sets free, Jesus, she said to him, wisdom keeper, if you had been here, my brother would still be with us. <laughs> Even so, I know if you ask anything, of the great spirit, great spirit will give it to you. Your brother will live again, Jesus answered. I know he will live again, Martha said, when the dead rise up at the end of all the days. Jesus looked at her. He said, I am the rising from the dead and the life that follows. Those who trust in me will live again, even after death. 
Even after the most devastating loss, death will never be the end of the ones who are alive and trust in me. Do you believe what I'm saying to you? Yes, yes, wisdom keeper, she smiled and said. I believe you are the chosen one, son of the great spirit. John chapter 11, verses 20 through 27. This passage feels so important to me. Many of the different versions talk about Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the Bible. There's this moment where Jesus reckons with the reality that he's just heard. It's not toxic positivity. Just steam forward ahead. Everything's going to be great. There is a moment of mourning and loss. This is the mature version of reckoning and creating resurrection. It doesn't ignore or disregard pain. It reckons with pain. It metabolizes it, matures from it. It doesn't allow pain to metastasize without addressing resentment that grows, anger, frustration, injustice, offense, this mature way of reckoning with pain and loss moves us towards truth. It cultivates hope, a vision of the future that can be different, where we can hope again, where there can be joy again, where there can be life again and love again, to be known intimately again for your unique contribution and gifts and experiences to move another organization forward again. But that can't happen without that faithful reckoning. And part of the faithful reckoning isn't just wallowing in the pain of it. To be faithful or full of faith means to begin to envision a new reality where that can happen again. And even as I say those words, I feel like I'm asking someone in despair to do something that's absolutely impossible. Feels like a really unfair ask. So my question becomes in the midst of loss and grief, confusion, despair, suffering, How can you be hopeful? How can you imagine a future different from this? And an appropriate amount of time is, is an important part of this, this story as well. Allowing yourself to grieve is part of how we metabolize instead of metastasize our pain and our grief. This is why this story I think endures 
There's so much hope. For thousands of years, we have followed this story, followed this God who suffers with, who brings life from death. And the reason it still carries weight is we can still see the people around us creating life after death. They show us that resurrection is possible in new careers, in coaching those who are still doing the thing you were once passionate about. We have to give that space to grieve and to metabolize and to hope again. But this week's kind of conversation is just a reminder that there is life after death. And some endings are necessary. You may have never envisioned them. But that there is still life ahead. That you still have the power to create abundance and love. To cultivate life and hope and love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. You have access to faith, hope, and love. And that even in your darkest moments, there is still life. You are loved and we are family. We are family.